Whether you realize it or not, if you live in Asheville, you've probably been impacted by something Kim Roney has been a part of. The longtime Asheville resident was a mainstay behind the bar at the West Asheville icon, the DeSoto Lounge, before moving up the road to hold down the helm at the fantastic music venue, The Moth Light. She's a musician and has taught piano for 13 years. She helped found local radio station Asheville FM and was their station manager for four years. She's also a diehard activist in city politics, serving on the transit committee and covering city council meetings as a reporter for Asheville FM. And now she is actually running for city council. She's had her hand in so many pots over the years, and has truly been one of the figures fighting to make Asheville a better place for people of every walk of life. She's also been around Asheville long enough to see its evolution into the tourist mecca that it has become. So I thought she might be just the person to talk to about the state of Asheville's economy and what happens after this pandemic fades into the rear view. In typical fashion, Kim has been staying busy in local politics and activism despite the entire city being on lockdown. I asked her to give us some pointers on how we can achieve progress while still properly social distancing. From Dirty Spoon Media, you're listening to Home Fried, conversations to keep you informed and entertained during the coronavirus lockdown. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and today it's my conversation with city council candidate Kim Roney. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing well. It's good to see your face. Likewise, likewise. How things been? Um, hectic, stressful, um, productive sometimes. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Good. How about you? Uh, yeah, good. Just hunkering down, trying to get through and wait for unemployment to kick in. But, you know, yeah. well, we'll see. Um, we have so many neighbors who are self-employed or who have 1099s. And so um, we could definitely talk about this, but we should definitely spread the word that um, today is the first day, um, and this is Friday, the 24th, um, that folks with 1099s and self-employed persons can now apply for unemployment at the state level. Yeah, no, and that's huge. That's exactly what I've been waiting for because all seven streams of income for me were all 1099, so. Right, right. Oof, yeah. Um, How is this affecting you and and your work and everything everything like that? Well, um, as a person with multiple jobs, there's uh, multiple effects. Um, Most of my piano students are still doing online lessons. So I'm thankful to maintain relationships and communication. Um, There are challenges. Um, So we're finding ways to share music and um, Skillshare that way. Um, So I'm really grateful for that. Um, I did a porch show for my students and neighbors and um, young family members uh, and played some Disney songs from my repertoire and had to learn some new ones. But um, now they want me to do Jurassic Park and Star Wars. So I'm working on that. <laughs> nice. Um, we also do a composer series in the studio. And this week um, we're, uh, well, the, for the, this month we do the music of um, hip hop and electronic musicians um, that are using keyboard and synthesizers and pianos to share um, part of the American story. So Part of the hip hop is um, we do um, the ladies of hip hop, and then this week was the Beastie Boys. There's the documentary coming out, so um, nice. we've been playing some um, rock Mononoff Prelude in C sharp minor, sampled in um, Intergalactic, nice. and a uh, little Brass Monkey. So <laughs> that's a lo- that's a very joyful part of my work. 
Um, the moth light is closed right now. So right. Um, I am feeling um, and hearing so much about our friends who play music and perform and do spoken word and storytelling and um, from the artist community. Um, there's a lot of anxiety, um, but also, you know, sticking up for each other and um, mutual aid happening. So for that, I'm very grateful. Yeah. As, and I mean, just looking forward, what is the prospect on the, on the moth light? What's going to, what's going to happen there? Do you guys think, or what are you anticipating? You know, it's really hard to say at this point, um, John and Amanda are awesome and, um, we have a really close knit team. Um, I'm really grateful to work for people who genuinely care about their workers, um, and who also appreciate science. And I'm really grateful that Governor Roy Cooper is basing um, decisions on the best that we can get from um, science and projections. So um, I trust between um, my employers looking for best practices and our governor as well that um, we can be hopeful that one day we'll be able to share music in a group together. Uh, It's just hard to say right now. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk to you about is I'm working on this piece about how we got here as a city, the um, ways that we built up to where tourism was our primary form of economy, the way we handled housing issues poorly so that no one could afford rent within the city, and the way all of this has kind of snowballed into this thing where people are struggling to pay rents and a city that was based on tourism where now tourists can't go. Um, and that how that might play out for the foreseeable future. And I thought that you're someone with her ear to the ground that could very much speak to a lot of these issues that's been in this industry for a long time and been behind the bar and been in the service industry for a while and can really speak to that. And uh, I don't well, know. Well, broadly, I yeah. can uh, speak a little bit to that. Um, I think about... Um, I was just looking to do some family photo albums the other day and my great, great aunt Faye lived here um, in the twenties and thirties. And I got to talk to her about living in Asheville because she lived to be 102 and um, Asheville has a long history of tourism, especially around uh, folks coming here to get well. So we know that folks have been coming to visit for a long time. We know that's why the Biltmore estate was built. Um, we know that's why Zelda Fitzgerald was here to get well. We know that people are coming to the Grove Park to get well. I mean, we um, have a baseball so, team called the Tourists, so yeah. Oh, do you, you know about that too? Because like the um, don't get me started on baseball. We almost <laughs> went on a whole tangent. But um, when folks would leave spring training and on the train, and then they would come like on the train headed back to their cities to play their sports, they would stop in Asheville to play these sort of like pickup games. So we had a lot of um, famous players stop and play all year (laughs) but we were known as the hot spot to stop on the way home so yeah I think we've seen this kind of happen before where we focus so much on one area and then because we haven't diversified or um, there were attempts to diversify and have a more resilient economy and we um, failed either to support or just straight up redline and redistricted so that um, black and minority owned businesses um we're forced out and we have a lot of healing and work to do. 
so for for this this newest round and I'm still learning and like with community trying to understand how we got to this place and I know that there were intentions for us to have an additional tax we were one of the first in the state to do it um, coming from the tourism industry so a lot of the legislation that we see across the state um, comes from us setting standards so um, when we have to have a TDA to allocate the taxes. Other cities around the state are also having a TDA to allocate their tourism taxes, like Charlotte is dealing with this right now too. Since we are so good at setting standards in North Carolina around this, one would hope that if we were going to set the standard on maybe this got out of control, um, it definitely is a situation where we need democratic, like, democratic representation on the allocation of our taxes, we don't have that. Um, we don't have a worker's seat at the table. Um, we don't see equitable representation that reflects our community at the Tourism Development Authority table. Um, can we set some new standards and then maybe that would benefit our neighbors across the state? Um, one would hope. But I do think we have put all of our eggs in one basket and um, I'm not alone in that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's particularly harrowing when you're looking at like, I mean, even Washington, D.C., their tourism authority started bailing out restaurants immediately, you know, and I feel like you're seeing that in, in all over the country, like tourism departments stepping up and it's been kind of kind of crickets from ours lately. But Yeah, and I'm, I'm grateful because I see um, so many folks that are living wage certified that are in the restaurant industry, um, coalitions building and forming, folks stepping up and um, taking the mic and making demands. But I think that the part that's missing, unfortunately, in Asheville and Buncombe County is this like strong um, list of demands that can gather us all together and be effective in moving the dial. I know we're capable of it, um, but I also know that people are really stressed out. And even for myself, I know that it, what it's like to have all the time that I needed to do the work and also completely feel stuck. Um, yeah. So I can, I can relate to folks who are like, oh my gosh, another day has passed, another week has passed. But I think we have a great opportunity here and um, to stand up for each other. And to stand up for folks who so often don't have a voice. Um, a lot of times this is about invitation and thinking outside of ourselves. And um, it's, it's got to be about authentic relationships that are going to get us organized, um, that are going to help us move the dial, that are going to help lasting changes take place. And hopefully because the authentic relationships are required, we'll come out stronger on the other side of this. So what I'm hearing across the board is that um, the North Carolina General Assembly is going to go into a very short, short session on Tuesday, and that'll be the 28th. And normally um, there would be some digging into detailed legislation, but this is because it's gonna be only maybe two or three days at most, the majority of the short session is gonna get moved to the summer. So when I hear that and that we have a potential to ask for emergency fund use of our hotel occupancy taxes and what it could mean for us to like organize, get together, um, 
to make that happen, then maybe we could be a leader in the state and um, build some coalition hmm. across the state, which is sorely needed. But what we need to do instead of sending a form email, we need to tell our stories. Yeah. So um, that might mean somebody who, um, like myself, knows people who've worked on the line in the um, kitchen part of the restaurant or friends that I've um, worked with as their bar back or who've worked as my bar back, like reaching out to them and be like, hey, can you take five minutes, put your name, um, tell your story about what it's like to deal with this crisis right now in your house in two or three sentences and then send it. And so um, the best way I can think of for us to impact change is go ahead and send it to our state legislators. We can send it to them specifically by contacting um, Representative Susan Fisher, Terry Van Dyne, um, Brian Turner and John Ager, or we can go ahead and send it to the entire legislation, which is really easy to do on this website called North Carolina Megaphone. Um, so the website is ncmegaphone.com. And if you send this email to that, and they, there's two, you email all the NC House members, and then there's a part two there, or, and you can email all the NC senators, and it goes to everybody. Awesome. So what I'm hearing is that when we do this, um, I'm getting feedback from legislators across the state that they're seeing that Buncombe County really cares for each other and that um, we're activating. Yeah. So. Since the unemployment website is all clogged up and taking forever and so much time, I'm encouraging my neighbors and friends, hey, while you're um, waiting and refreshing that screen, go ahead and do this action at the same time and let's clog that up. And while we're clogging up um, everybody's email inboxes, let's go ahead and make sure that everyone who can is registered to vote because um, now we can register online at the DMV office too. So there's like three things we can do all at the same time. But don't take a lot of time or energy. We just got to tell our story and we got to knock it out and like get it done. And, and you can, can do it all from the comfort of your own home. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> so I feel like those are three things that we can share and also just like invite people. Yeah. How do you feel the county has done in responding to this pandemic? Like how do, how do you think we've done even more locally than statewide on this? Well, I feel grateful that Buncombe County got ahead of things and has been a leader in the state as far as like the stay home, stay safe ordinance. Um, I feel like when I see the communication coming out um, that's available for Spanish speaking neighbors, as well as folks who speak Russian and are Ukrainian, um, then I feel like that Buncombe County is doing a lot of work around inclusivity and also um, for American Sign Language, getting the, just getting the word out, they've been doing a really great job. I understand folks are frustrated and um, nervous and scared, but Buncombe County seems to have been communicating regularly um, and transparently. And for that, I'm really, I feel really grateful. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been amazed at how like, I feel like when I talk to people in other, because for this show, I've been talking to people all over the country and it seems like Asheville really did a good job of just shutting shit down. Just like being like, nope, we're not going anywhere. We're we're going to do what we need to do until this is taken care of. And in other counties in Western North Carolina, we're seeing that there wasn't that quick action and mm -hmm. more people are hurting and suffering because of it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Um, what else are you working on during this time? What are, what all is, is 
What are the well, what are the priorities in a period of of quarantine and lockdown? <laughs> so my husband Nathaniel and I um, love to garden and listen to records. So we've been going through our record collection um, and spending as much time as possible outdoors. It's a great way to feel like you've got something done at the end of the day, and um, getting a little sunlight and a little exercise is good for our mental health. I know that not everybody has a yard to work in, so I feel grateful for that. Got some radishes coming in and sochan and some oregano and the garlic is doing really well. And we're also building a culture garden bed. Are you familiar with that? Uh-uh. So the, the, there's a lot of different ways to do it, but the concept is that if you use um, a variety of different sizes of logs and sticks and like um, larger pieces of wood that are breaking down and then layer it with mulch, and sod and essentially you're building a humongous wooden compost pile we're building it ours in a raised box but as you do that it builds up a lot of heat and so it's like building the soil but also retains moisture so you don't have to water as much so that's a really good way to um burn some calories and (laughs) break apart tons of sticks and uh, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm keeping progress with some photos and a diary and we'll see if it's worth it. I've heard it takes a couple years to be like fully functioning and making its, you know, system work. But so far it's using reclaimed wood and um, nails and screws that we've dug out of other parts of reclaimed wood. I, I'm pretty sure that you would only be able to have three people stand in it and while social distancing it's huge it's like (laughs) maybe three feet by 10 feet nice (laughs) a grand experiment (laughs) it is indeed this is definitely a time i am looking forward to looking back on um i know with when you look and see like the potential of what could come next um it's like it feels like you're in a apocalyptic film and I think I'm really grateful to hear people's stories and what they're doing to help get through this. Right now we're reading a Sam Shepard play and considering um, doing a indoor house production of it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it is important to have like something to put your time into. And I think of so many people that are now essential workers who are always essential workers Oh, right. The people who've worked in our schools and our grocery stores and like I really more than ever I hope that our community comes out of this united around a need for a, li- a more just living wage. Like our neighbors who are essential can never return to being disposable again. Yeah. Yeah. That was so another thing that I it just I just remembered that I wanted to ask you about, you know, one of the things that occurs to me that seems concerning is I'm talking to a lot of reporters and people that are both in Asheville and in other cities that are claiming that they are pretty sure that a vast majority of their local businesses will not be able to reopen once this is all over. Um, especially cause it doesn't look like this is going to be over anytime soon. And with social distancing measures kept in place, that's going to decimate restaurants, that's going to decimate bars, music venues. How are they even supposed to function with that? Um, and there's a great concern that I've heard a couple people voice in Asheville that 
who's going to move in here, but developers and outside investors that see Asheville as great potential because they would be the only ones with the money to do it. It's certainly going to be difficult for local businesses and local entrepreneurs to, to step up to the plate when all this is over. Um, I was wondering if you have any, any ideas or thoughts on what Asheville could look like or how we handle it coming out of this, depending on how that process goes. I feel like obviously this is all what I hope that we will do is mm-hmm. that we will um, demand um, diversification of our economy, that we will acknowledge um, that so many of our own neighbors have been left behind in the boom and the growth, um, that there are so many neighbors who are not unfamiliar with what it means um, to not be able to have access to capital. So we could work together to build the relationships so that some, maybe some of our event spaces, there's an opportunity to diversify um, uses. I know people are already looking at that and dreaming of that. People that don't have a space, um, can, can space be made um, so that we can keep these local. That now more than ever is definitely the time to focus on our local farms on our local artists, on our local musicians, um, our local makers and crafters, and make sure that our um, the dollars that we do have stay in our economy. Um, I think that's one of the things that has made Asheville unique and beautiful and resilient in the past, and it is our best hope for the future. Yeah. Well, I'm just so I'm so Great. proud of when I see people saying like. We, we, if we're, if we're, everything's going to be shut down and broken down and the systems of oppression, we're always going to fail us and community is what can heal us and carry us forward. Then let's, let's do that. And I'm, yeah. I'm in, but it, it's going to take some changes in our behavior. Like I know for me specifically, um, it's so easy to just get online and order something and it be immediate. But what was, what was the cost of that? Because mm-hmm. um, we're seeing it now, but are we going to stop doing it? Yeah. yeah. Like for me, it, it takes a lot longer to walk to a destination. It was incredibly hard to get rid of our car. That first year that we got rid of our car, I had a terrible attitude about it. I didn't want to spend four times as long getting to where I needed to go, but I had the privilege and the physical capability to do it. I, it took a long time to break those habits. And maybe this is what we needed to break those habits to um, start to see each other better, care each other about, about each other better, um, see the impact on the planet, to acknowledge that we don't all agree about it, um, to know that we grieve in different ways, um, to find different ways to talk to our elders in our own family or our friends that we disagree with and um, insist that uh, the personal relationship and the love is worth being pains in the ass to each other. <laughs> but that, that's what, that's what love requires. So we're just going to have to change our old ways of doing things if we're going to heal and get better. Yeah. So can we run um, over those to-do lists? Cause I'm really, I'm really for serious about this. Okay. I know people of Asheville and Buncombe County and across Western North Carolina and across North Carolina and people who are listening abroad who are also equally like want to be connected and 
fed up and right. frustrated and tired could do mighty amazing work. Raise your hand. You got as many fingers as you've got. This is how many people we have to get registered to vote. And the only way you're going to figure out how to get those people registered to vote is um, check your own registration first. Um, but then just be inviting people all the time. I'm like, can we be like evangelical level voter registers? Like, who are our young people? Who are people who feel left out? Who are people that are so over it? Maybe they haven't registered in a super long time. We've seen so many people getting taken off of the rolls just because they haven't voted in a long time as the voter rolls are getting purged. And since you can do it on the DMV's website, just knock it out. So um, register to vote. It can be done online. And if we can prove that doing it online is something that the people want to do, then maybe we can keep being able to um, register to vote online and eventually hopefully be able to vote online, right? Yeah. So let's go get a bunch of people registered to vote. And it's not just about the national. It's about the people who are making decisions in your backyard and the people who are making decisions in the region and um, the people who are deciding whether or not we're going to have um, living wages. Like, let's make every single person that's on the ballot understand that who put them there. And we're only going to be able to do that if there's a whole bunch of us. And there's a bunch of us who care. So registering people to vote. Then um, we definitely can write down our stories and send them to the North Carolina legislator explaining what it is like to be unemployed that not everyone has access to unemployment or to federal stimulus and that we all care about each other. So let's tell our stories and send it to ncmegaphone.com. And I'm also really, really hopeful that this is a good opportunity if people are looking for something else to do. Maybe there's some students in your house that are looking for an activity. Um, this is a good chance to contact the Buncombe County Commission to say thank you for what the work they're doing. They've mobilized so quickly. Um, write a letter to um, teachers, um, to your local elected officials, to your state elected officials when you see something done well, because they need to be hearing from us when the work is being done well and when it needs to change. I wanna see the TDA funds be available for emergency relief for our community. Mm -hmm. And um, if we can get a lot of support for that, then I think that would be a big win all of us yeah definitely awesome well thank you for taking the time to talk to me i certainly yeah, appreciate sure. it and uh yeah good luck with things good luck with that garden yeah it's good to see you i hope to see you soon in real life i know i hope so too <laughs> y'all be safe you too all right thanks Bye. kim roney is a candidate for city council you can find more information about her campaign at KimRoneyForAsheville.com. That's Kim, R-O-N-E-Y, the number four, Asheville.com. Home Fried is a production of Dirty Spoon Media. I'm Jonathan Ammons, and I'm the editor-in-chief. I produce the show, and I write and record our interstitial music. Catherine Campbell is our editor-at-large, handles our website and marketing, and generally keeps the fires burning around here. For full episodes of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour, head to our webpage, dirty-spoon.com. There you can read stories, check out the artwork, and listen to bonus content. You can also support us through our Patreon there. If you like what you're hearing, please, please, please send something our way. We pay for this show out of pocket. 
Look for new episodes of Home Fried every Tuesday and Thursday during this lockdown with occasional episodes on Saturdays. And tune in the first Friday of every month to 103.7 WPVM for new episodes of the Dirty Spoon Radio Hour. Always bringing you stories from the people who shape what we consume right here on the Dirty Spoon.